about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. It's called All In With The Lord. If you're someone who's seeking how to activate God's Word in your life, if you're someone who is wanting to get closer to the Lord, learning how to get closer to the Lord, and learning how to operate His Word, then this program can help you. If you're someone who thinks you have it all figured out, and you no longer need to learn anything, well, this won't help you at all. It's an attitude adjustment. That's what we do here every week as we take our attitudes and adjust them more in tune with God's Word. I think the most important thing for all of us is to want to be able to use God's Word as an actual thing and to watch it work in our lives. Um, Not wondering if it's going to work, but knowing that it always works. So to activate God's Word, to use His Word, to, to watch it work in our lives every day is my goal and hopefully yours as well. Now, you know, the religious attitude about all this would be to uh, not um, necessarily need to see results, just kind of know that you're in tune with God and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord. And that's really step one to accept the Lord. But when you accept the Lord as your Lord and Savior, do you really know the entirety of what you've accepted? And I think that's where a lot of uh, people miss it, because they think, okay, now I'm going to heaven. And that's true. If you've accepted Jesus and the fact that he died on the cross for your pay- <coughs> for the payment of your sins, <coughs> and now your debts are forgiven, which they are, you are entitled to a free pass to heaven when you leave this planet. But that isn't the entirety of the story. The story is all about you being restored to where Adam was before the fall in the garden. And to be restored to where Adam was is to understand where was Adam when he was with God in the garden. Adam was totally dependent on God. He didn't know another way. God made him, and he made you and I, but he made Adam totally dependent on him. So if God said, this is the way it works, Adam would just depend on the fact this is the way it works. And Adam, for however long, was alive with Eve in the garden before they were deceived. And for that period of time, they lived only according to what God had shown them, and only by what God had said. So Adam, when he needed something would do it and activate the laws that God gave him to activate, not knowing that there was any other way to get it. Now, there's two ways to get things. One is 
you work really hard to figure out how to make something for yourself, or two, you can operate what's known as God's kingdom, which he put all this together, so you don't have to work and toil, but it all comes to pass even as if you did work and toil. So he built a system that manifests and manufactures everything a person would ever need in life. All they would have to do is trust what he said and use his system, the kingdom. And along comes the tempter. Here comes Lucifer, and Lucifer, who had a better idea when he was in heaven, too. He thought, well, gee, I can be like God. I can actually exalt my throne above God, and I can be like God. And so he was thrown out of heaven for leading a, uh, a revolt, and he tried to get as many, many as possible in heaven to follow him. And the Bible tells us that one-third of the angels followed him in believing they could overthrow the government of God. Now, to overthrow a government in anywhere that we know of is called treason. If the government was already in place and someone wants to overthrow that government, that's treason. So Lucifer committed treason against the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the, and the Spirit. The, the, it was committed. It was high treason. So Lucifer, committing the high treason, uh, had to go to war because Michael and the angels that were in heaven kicked him out of heaven. And he was pretty embarrassed by that because you're looking at the anointed cherub, Lucifer, who was head of a lot of things in heaven. And I believe he was uh, possibly even there to minister to Jesus before Jesus came to earth. But he was pretty up there, let me put it that way. And he thought he didn't need God. He saw a better way. He could just do this himself. So there became the revolt. Now he came to earth. Why did he come to earth? Did you ever think about that? Like, of all the places Lucifer would go, why earth? God had created earth, and Lucifer knew about earth, because God created it knowing he was building a man. Why was he building a man? Why was God building a man? He was building a man to be just like him, just like God, just like, you heard me, just like God. Why? What was different about man? Well, number one, if God wants to build something or create something, obviously, according to the book of Genesis, he spoke it. And it came to pass. So he created an environment here on the earth the same way. That man could speak and believe and it would come to pass. So God had created a system where man would learn how God operates. And it was to be just like God. To learn how does God feel? How does God think? How does Who is God? How is he going to interact in my life. God created that system, and Adam was living in that system. Now, Adam didn't know he was lacking anything. 
But God saw that Adam needed a helpmate. God saw it. Adam wasn't walking around going, boy, something's missing. He didn't know. But God saw that Adam wasn't all he could be because he needed a helpmate. So God created Eve. And the Bible tells us how he did that. He put Adam to sleep, took one of his ribs, and fashioned this woman uh, to give to Adam and brought her to Adam in the garden and said, here is Eve. And I'm sure Adam's eyes were bulging out at that point because she was, I imagine, the most beautiful creature ever. And I'm sure she was pretty infatuated with Adam because God made him, and I'm sure he was the most magnificent man ever made because God made him. So Adam was using the principles and laws and rules that God had shown him. That's all he knew. And Eve was listening to Adam. Remember, they're brand new. They're just not born, but they're created and turned on. Man, here's the switch. You're on. And the way we're made as humans, that uh, once you're on, you're on for eternity. That spirit is alive for eternity. So God created an eternal spirit and put it inside of this body, this earth suit. And, and gave one to Eve and gave one to Adam. And now they're in the garden, and Adam is showing Eve how it works. Because remember, Adam was there first. And isn't it just like a man wants to show his woman how everything works? That's the way it was made. But Eve was curious, and she was very curious. And so Lucifer was thrown out of heaven, totally embarrassed because he was the head, the anointed cherub, and now in front of all his peers that didn't go with him, he was thrown out. So he was met pretty upset with God. He was, he was, when somebody's really embarrassed, they want revenge, and he wanted revenge. And he saw it in this way. He said, if I can get to, to earth, and, and get into the earth, when God puts his man there, I will deceive his man and get him to leave God. And therefore, I will occupy the man and use him for my purposes, and I'll have my kingdom, <clears throat> which is what he always wanted. He wanted his kingdom. So out of revenge, he headed to earth to take over what uh, Adam. He wanted Adam. So Eve was the byproduct. So Eve was curious, and here comes the serpent, Lucifer, and as a serpent, and uh, talking to Eve. I mean, talking to her in the garden, and convincing her that they will not surely die if they eat from this other tree. He was the tree that they were ta he was talking about. He has this tree of knowledge. Now, Lucifer had a lot of knowledge about how things worked. God has a lot of knowledge about how things work. He has all knowledge, all wisdom. And yet, he created a kingdom by which you didn't have to know everything in order to use it. Because if you're going to wait to know everything, to use to get something, it could take you a very long time. One of the biggest things uh, uh, Christians complain about, if you ask me, 
is that it takes too long to get a prayer answered. Well, if you want to keep going on the, on the way that Lucifer led Adam, it will take even longer because you'll have to know everything about how it works. And so that was where it all began. So Eve, being curious, said, well, let me have some of this fruit. Tell me something that I don't know. And Lucifer began to feed her the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That means from that point on, Eve, you don't have to just believe for it, for crying out loud. You have to just go do it yourself. You can just do it yourself. You can make something. You can do something. You will know how it works. And there it began. So Eve said, boy, this is interesting. Now I'm going to know how everything works. So she takes it to Adam and says to Adam, listen, here's some information that I got. Here's some fruit that I got from this tree. It doesn't sound bad at all. It sounds really like we're going to know a whole lot more. So Adam takes the fruit from the tree and says, let me see how it works. And he ate from the true tree that God told him, forbid him from eating from. And immediately his eyes were opened. Things he didn't understand at all, all of a sudden he could see. So if you could see right now, now think about this. If you could see every frequency that is in the atmosphere, if you could see all the colors from the invisible world, if all the frequency, all the, right now with all the radio stations, TV stations, telephones, cell phones, oh my gosh. If you could see all that because the invisible world was made visible to you, you'd have a headache. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you, you just would be, you, you wouldn't believe what's going around you, beaming around you all over. And yet you wouldn't understand it all, but you'd want to. You said, well, that's very interesting. But it would distract you from just thinking, resting, and believing. Because you would now want to know, how does it work? And that is exactly what happened to Adam. Immediately, their eyes were opened. And they were also cut off from God at that point. What cut them off? Two things cut him off. One is the knowledge of good and evil flooded into him. All this information about how things work flooded into him. You say, well, why is that bad, Art? Because he wasn't prepared at that point to know how everything worked. He was just learning that it does work. God had a plan to show Adam, but never got to implement it. Adam had to trust God till the point where God would show him how everything worked. But no, he wanted to get it sooner. He wanted that answered now. That was uh, another thing we all do. You know, instead of letting God handle it, we're going to handle this ourselves. So Lucifer opened Adam's eyes by showing him how things work. And immediately, one of the things Adam noticed, wow, I'm naked. I got nothing on. The animals have fur, and they're kind of protected, but man, here's me and Eve. We're just naked. 
So Adam says, well, I can, I can fix that. Here goes the first fix it. And so they made fig leaves. It took fig leaves off a fig tree and made something to cover themselves so they weren't exposed. So man's first idea was not a custom suit. It was a fig leaf, which looked pretty bad. So now man is starting at the very basis, basics of how things work. Got to learn everything before he can enjoy everything. But the way God had originally made him, he could enjoy everything while he learned how everything is made. Seemed like a better way to go, don't you think? But no, Adam chose. So he ate from a tree that totally, totally contaminated his system, his software system that was operating perfectly. And now Adam had to learn everything before he could enjoy it. So, now what? God says, man, if we have to wait for Adam to learn everything, which first of all will be corrupt because Satan, Lucifer, is corrupting everything he thinks. He has now committed high treason against God. How did he commit high treason? Well, I believe that this database system that God had created that has all the secrets of eternity in it, that Adam had direct access to for all that information anytime he wanted it, that it was it was, uh, you know, it was opened for seconds where Lucifer got into that database through Adam before Adam turned over everything to him. So Adam turned over information to Lucifer, and he did that through allowing him to get in through Adam back to God because it was an open channel. And then God had to scramble the channel. He had to stop it, shut it, cut it off. But not before Lucifer stole some vital information from God. And whatever that information was, I'm not going to go into that today, but whatever that was, that was the high treason that Adam committed. He gave privileged information to Lucifer. And Lucifer was the traitor. So Adam betrayed God by giving information to Lucifer. But Lucifer stole Adam from that kingdom that God had set up that just automatically brought Adam whatever he wanted. All he had to do was speak it. Pretty neat setup. But now here we are. And we are here saying, why did Adam do that? But yet all the while in our lives, we have grown up, been born, grown up, and we are every day in every way trying to learn more about how everything works. That's why we have scientists and medical people. We have the most advanced <laughs> technology according to the world. And they're still trying to figure out every quantum law, every molecular structure. And every year we have breakthroughs. And every year we have more and more and more. And how many thousands of years 
will it take for man to realize that there's still more and more? And God, the super supreme being of the universe, who had all this already figured out, all of it already organized, all of it working together for good for, for Adam. All Adam ever had to do was just continue to use what God had already put in place. He put in place the entire system for everything that took eons of time to figure out. And now here we are still trying to reduplicate what God already has done. And even the most advanced technology right now is so millions of years away from where God would want us to be. So, and it's so unbelievably ridiculous as man begins to talk like they know what's going on, like, oh, the aliens were here before. No kidding. That's not news. Yes, they were. Lucifer and his gang have been here waiting to take over this planet through man. And boy, did they have spaceships. Oh, they did when they came. But where are they now? Well, that's a good question. But when you look at the pyramids and you look at all the things that are the evidence that aliens were here, they were. And they were hiding from God. But their purpose was to take over this world and make it their world because they were kicked out of heaven. Yes, they were here. But they're not going to take it over without taking over man. So here comes man. And, all, and God bless the men who are trying to figure out this, the cure for cancer. and the cure. I mean, we now, with that system, we need to know that stuff. So many people have died for no reason at all because they just, we didn't know what to do. But yet God's system provided a way where they could be healed. The body could fix itself. The body would restore itself. But we didn't know how once we started down the path of having to know how. And here we are. So, in the beginning, Adam depended on God for everything. <clears throat> then came Lucifer, and Lucifer says, you don't have to depend on God. You can depend on information, on how to do things, and you can do it yourself. You can be your own God. You can do it. And so here we are, down the road, still trying to be our own God, even after accepting Jesus as Lord, still trying to figure things out. And a good example of that, a really good example of that, was the, is the scripture where <clears throat> Jesus is talking about it's easier for the camel, uh, harder for the camel to pasture the eye of the needle than it is for the rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And the camel going through the eye of the needle, it doesn't mean a rich, mean a rich man can't uh, enter the kingdom. It just means that a rich man, okay, has to be depend is dependent on his money. He's so dependent on money that he never turns to depend on God. And how do you really glorify God anyway? Is it just by praising Him and thanking Him, but yet depending on your money? No. It is by depending on God. 
going back to where Adam was and learning to depend fully. What did he say to the rich young ruler? Rich young ruler said, I kept all the laws. I kept the commandments. And Jesus loved him. He looked at him and loved him. And, and that means he had compassion for him. But he said, okay, you've done really good. Now, give all you got to the poor and come follow me. Why? Why would he say that? Because then he would have to depend on God for everything, just the way Jesus was doing it. Did Jesus have a treasurer? Yes. Did Jesus have a bag full of coins? Absolutely. Was he emptying that bag all the time? Absolutely. He was constantly giving it away. But the laws that he knew existed kept filling up the bag and kept filling up the bag. So what we have, what he was saying to the rich young ruler, come follow me and I'll show you a system like Adam had that constantly fills up everything you need. But in order to get there, in your case, you got you to give it all to the poor. Now, am I suggesting everybody has to do that? Well, it would never hurt anybody, everybody to do that, but I know it's not a reality in today's world. So it's, it's, some people do get to that point, and they, when they do it, when they actually obey God and do it, they see a real miracle in their life. But don't depend on your retirement. Don't depend on what you have set aside. I've heard people say, man, I think I've saved too much money. And I just, you know, because someone else is going to get it when I'm not here. So what? Give it away now and learn how the kingdom works. It is time to sow seed. It is time to give. Give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and flow. That's the way God set up the kingdom. That's the way God set up the system. He set up the system so that it will Always replenish whatever it is you want or need. So how do we get there? We learn to give. We want to give. We want to sow seed into the kingdom. The sower sows the word. And the word is the word of God, the promise of God. So what's going back to depending on God right in the beginning where Adam stopped depending on God's system is where we want to pick it up when we come back from break. We're coming back and saying, you know what? Adam had it made before he knew or tried to know everything. I, one of my favorite sayings that I love to say is, I don't even know how a flashlight works. And I know that the way it works is by trusting the Lord that light reflects and travels at 186,000 miles per second. And that that light begins to reflect and brighten the room. And I don't want to know how it all works, but I sure want to enjoy the light. I want light, and I want to enjoy it today. We'll be right back after these messages. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.
Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Hey, we're back, and we're talking about learning to be all in with the Lord, learning to depend on the Lord. The number one way to glorify God is to depend on God, to depend on Him coming to your rescue 100%. Now, unfortunately, people get in situations where the pressure's on. They try to figure it out themselves. Maybe they overspend, maybe they they do something they shouldn't be doing, but at the same time, they're over their heads trying to figure it out. How do I get out of my problem? My problem. And we, from the beginning, when Adam went and ate from the other tree, began to have to figure out life. How do I get out of this? How do I cover up my body? How do I do this? How do I do that? And one of the things he learned from the tree, the other tree, was that he won't, he could die. It's possible to die. And I'm sure Lucifer kept building that into the program so that eventually he would. Now, that was many, many years later, but over the years, Lucifer has built that lie into mankind to, to cause them to die very young and some way too young. So, knowledge of how everything works is what we're fighting. Yes, it's great to know it all. It's great, and we send our children to college to learn more. And unfortunately, the colleges have been taken over in many different ways to lead them astray rather than to pray. And so what we've got to do is turn back to where Adam was and learn how to be dependent on God. Let's take something simple. Let's say there's something in your life right now that you need an answer to. And maybe you even have the money in the bank to do it. But listen to me. The money in the bank, you could either give it away so you don't have it, or not count it and just believe for what you want and depend totally on God. In other words, I'm not getting this for myself unless God brings it to me. Learn to depend on God. Give, and it shall be given. So, it's good to sow a seed for what you want. So, once you decide there's something I want to pray for, or I need, or I want, I'm going to give away a seed to somewhere else that God shows me to give it. A money seed, or a a whatever seed. You plant corn, you get corn. You plant rice, you get rice. You plant wheat, you get wheat. What do you want? Plant a seed. You know, years ago, um, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed cars, but there was a family that we helped, and I told this story before, where we gave a car to this family, fixed up a car, and gave it to them. A group of us did it. It wasn't just me. It was a group of us. And out of the sewing of that one car came a lot of publicity, which I didn't know about that it was going to come. But out of it came over 500 cars donated back. And out of those 500 cars donated, 
then we would then take those cars, fix some up, give them away, or sell them and get the money to help other people. And it began a snowball effect of how the kingdom works. You know, we've read the scripture, pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. But did you ever experience that? Have you ever seen that? I did, in this one regard especially. And I mean, to trust the Lord, not to have the wherewithal to go buy somebody a car, but to actually get one that needed work and a group of us fix it up and then give it to them. And today, of course, there'd be all kind of liability with that. But, you know, sewing a car will get you a car. Sewing um, money will get you money. Sewing money can be named anything, by the way. Money is a universal uh, seed, so to speak, because if you sow money, you could say, okay, I'm sowing it because I need to pay a bill or I need this or I want that. And I can sow that seed. But God's word never returns void. His word is absolute. And back in the garden, Adam was taught to depend on God's word. If God said, you say this and relax, it will come to pass, then that is exactly what would happen. So back in the garden, when Adam betrayed God and gave information over to Lucifer and committed high treason, the penalty for treason was death. And Adam did indeed die first spiritually, but then he had to work for everything and figure out how does it work. And then eventually he did die. So Adam found death was as as God said, it might have been a long time coming, but it came. So now we want to get back to depending on God, but God had a plan. He had a plan right then to forgive that disobedience, to forgive the treason, high treason, man, against a government is death. But God loved Adam so much, and he loves man. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave and sent immediately had a plan to send Jesus into the earth to get us, to buy us back. He, who did he buy us back from? He bought us back from his own justice system. God is all just. He's also all merciful. So in order to fulfill the justice of the universe, he can't break the law. He can't change the law. He can uphold the law. But he found a way to get us back. And the way to get us back was to make a payment, a restitution for our lives. And that restitution was Jesus going to the cross, going into hell, and paying the price forevermore. He paid the price. He paid the price. Now, your price, your debt is paid. He, he, for, he forgave all of us before we even knew who he was. So we weren't even born. Today, if you're listening to this, we weren't even born yet into sin. And Jesus had already paid a price to forgive the sin we were being born into. So what was the sin? The sin was the original act of disobedience that Adam made to learn how to do it all himself. So we have been now redeemed from having to know how to do it all ourselves. To be redeemed from the curse. Redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law because when you sow bad seed, you get bad results. When you sin, you are overtaken by sin and addicted and become addicted to a way of living that was never God's 
intention. So he sent Jesus. So Jesus comes in, and now here we are, those of us that are we call ourselves Christians, we have accepted him, but have we yet given up the old way that Adam was forced to live in? Did we give it up, or are we still doing it? Do you have to know how everything works in order to receive from God? Are you one of those that have built a great war chest so that you can retire and never have to think about money or think about how to get anything you want? Well, you're not very dependent on God then. So it's not the money that's evil. It's the love of it. It's using it again to not depend on God, but to depend on self. I was so smart. I made so much money. I, I stored it up and now I have barns full. And boy, you know, when you start talking like that, you know, I know, or I already know your life is not happy. It's not content because money can't buy you what you really need and want. And that is to know that God loves you and to be able to return to the place where God Almighty can just, you just trust his word. You trust his promise. You trust and believe that he is doing it for you. So as you get older, you should be trusting more because you should have experience that God has a way to get things to you every day. But as you get older, you get in our world, those of us that have been taught to build up nest eggs or whatever you want to call them, you are more reliant on the fact that I don't have to think about it anymore. It's all there. Well, that's taking you right away from where God wants you to be. The older you get, the wiser you should be. The older you get, the closer to God you should be. So if money is stopping you from trusting God, get rid of it. I'm, I'm serious. You need Trusting God is number one. So learning to trust God or build something that costs the money that helps other people. So money, help to give. Don't quit. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says retire, by the way. So if you're laid up there, buddy, and you got uh, all this money and you think, I don't know, I'm just enjoying life. Well, good for you. But you're in a war zone. And this country needs your help. Christians need your help. And a lot of people who have not yet met Jesus need your help. God put you here at this time, in this hour, to fulfill something that only you can do. And I'm not saying that money will stop you from it, but money should assist you to do it. Don't hoard it. Use it. It's a tool. God will supply your needs. Depend on God. Depend on his system. Depend on him. And the and it will replace itself. It's the way the system works. So the whole mission was to get us back to depending on God, depending on his promise. So what we're depending on is his word. If he's given us his word, his word is his bond. His word is who he is. Jesus was the word. He became flesh, dwelt among us, and he gave us Jesus. Along with Jesus came the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job is to show us a better way. To show us a better way. Do you want a better way? Or do you want your way? And then what happens? People get sick. They get scared of the flu. They get scared of this, scared of that. They walk around in fear. And if you watch the news today, I mean, let's face it. Satan's taken over all of the media. 
and has him literally working for him full-time, bringing you as much knowledge of evil as possible. See, he dwells on the evil. The idea of knowledge of good and evil, he's not bringing you too much good. He's bringing you evil. And if he has his way, he'll just keep filling you with evil thoughts, evil thoughts. You won't even want to walk out of your house. You'll be so afraid because you know someone's just out there trying to get to you. So what we have to do is put in the word. Jesus was the word. He is the word. God's promise. He is the promise. He is grace. He is mercy. He is love. And the Holy Spirit's job is to bring us back to where Adam was. Wow. Bring us back. So we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. Did you ever read that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So we're trusting in God's word and leaning not on any understanding of how anything works. Because contrary to how the world says everything works, God can multiply money in front of you. He can duplicate it, a pile of cash sitting there. He can duplicate it right in front of your eyes if he wants to. Do you believe he can? What do you believe? Because that is what Satan has been working for your whole life, to get you to believe that it doesn't work the way God says. That's right. And God says, what does he say? That I have redeemed you from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. That I have forgiven you your sin. That I have made you righteous again. You aren't going to become any more righteous than you are right now in God's eyes if you accepted Jesus. If you accepted Jesus, you are completely, in God's eyes, made righteous. All you have to do is begin to depend on him. It's as if Adam had never fallen once you accept Jesus. And that's also the day that the old you died on this planet and the new you was born again. So the, the, the old you is dead. You're not going to die anymore. I mean, you will pass out of this body, but you will not taste it. You will not feel it. You will just walk out like dropping a jacket off and moving on to the kingdom where all this will become so obvious because now your eyes will be shown how it all works. So God has shown you how everything works. He's showing you that at that point when you leave here, how all things that he made were always here in place, and all you had to do is use them and trust them. Go back to the promise. Now, there's been times when it's been easier to do that and harder to do that in all of our lives. But right now, in this year, in this moment, you were designed right now to serve Almighty God. You were designed to do something that only you can do. How will you do that thing? Well, by God's promise and by depending on Him. So we are ambassadors. We are sent here as your citizens of heaven once you've accepted Jesus. You're, you're not, you, you might be a citizen of the United States or wherever you live, but you are a citizen of heaven on loan here in this earth. You are an ambassador representing the true kingdom of God. And the only way to, you can really represent it is to share it. And to share it, you will have to learn it. And to learn it, you will have to hear it. 
And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So someone has to say it in order for you to hear it, in order for you to grow in it, to become a good ambassador demonstrating for God. Um, you are untouchable in God's eyes. You, but from God's perspective, there's nothing on this planet that can harm you. No evil will befall you. Psalm 91, no evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. This is your dwelling, your body. For God has given his angels charge over you. And they will bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. They will. Do you believe that? Or do you have to know how that works? See, that's the answer. That's the question. Do you have to see an angel to know there is one? Do you have to know this? Or can you just believe this? God wants us back to depending on him. Depending on him. Fully, completely depending on him. Well, I'll tell you, I haven't even gotten to my notes here. Um, you know, God has a plan for us. And I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures, and we'll see where that takes us. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Believes what? Well, that works two ways. You can believe yourself to death. You can believe yourself to sickness. You can believe yourself to be poor, especially if you were taught growing up you are poor, and stay that way. Or you can believe that you're redeemed and that you are healed and God is blessing you financially and you are continually giving, sowing, and helping others because your heart now is changed and that will also come to pass. So Jesus said, if you can believe all things. Wait, what did he say? Some things? If you can believe one thing is possible. No, all things. So if all things are possible to him who believes, what's going on? What are you believing? And what are you doing with your believer? We're called believers, but what are you doing? What are you believing in? In John 17, 15, it says, I do not pray that you should be taken out of the world, but that you should be kept from the evil one. So number one, Jesus is praying, hey, don't, don't take them away from all the problems. Just keep them away from the evil one. And then they can have victory. So we're here to win. Jesus is the one who prayed that prayer. Luke 8, 27, 28. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes. No clothes. A guy's naked out there in the middle of nowhere. Nor did he live in a house but he lived in tombs, totally naked, on the rocks. Can you imagine how rough that was? Then he saw Jesus. He cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. So that demon that had a hold of him saw in Jesus it was God. And the demon, who everybody else was afraid of, because this guy scared the living tar out of everybody around, a naked man running around with a demon in him, and he's now bowing down to Jesus. He's begging Jesus not to torment him. That's the power of being totally dependent, that every demon, every spirit, every situation, every circumstance that you will ever come up against, ever, will bow its knee, 
when it sees you coming. If you are in alignment and dependence on God. Matthew 26:52. But Jesus said to him, "Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword." So, what Jesus is showing us here is that to actually fight with guns, knives, swords is the lowest way to fight. Your spiritual power that your father has put in your hands is so much stronger than anything you can pull out of a gun holster or a, so- or a sword or whatever. If someone comes at you with a gun or a sword and you were totally using God's word and knew that you had the confidence in the word, that spiritual force will nullify whatever's coming at you. I believe that with all my heart and I know that the Lord will not desert you. He will never desert you. You depend on him, you bring glory to him. So the more we depend on God, the more glory we give to God, the more he redeems us, gets us out of a situation no matter what the situation. <clears throat> Psalm 34:7. An angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. Now, the angel of the Lord is sent to encamp around you. When you pull out God's word and use God's word, the angel is empowered to defend you, take care of you, watch over you. God has placed billions of angels around us. When we try to take care of ourselves, they have there's nothing they can do. But when we depend on the Lord, when we depend on God, when we surrender to him, then he takes over. He takes over. He takes over. In Jesus' name, he takes over. The king has sent billions of angels. The angel will step in front. But you got to believe. You've got to depend on God. I'm depending on you, Lord. I'm depending on you not only... Okay, so let's take someone... We're always talking about somebody that's broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. But let's talk about somebody who has everything or thinks they have everything. And they're just kind of hanging out in life because they've been blessed. And so now... You need to begin to trust God for things bigger. And first of all, what is it? If you don't have a goal on the table that's big, something really big you're doing for the Lord, what good is all that? You're going to get to heaven and you're going to say, Lord, I had $10 million saved up. I had $5 million. I mean, I really did make money. And he's going to say, and what did you do for my kingdom with that money? He's going to say that to you. He's going to say, how nice for you. But love one another as Christ loved the church means don't worry about it getting refilled. If you've got that kind of money, invest it into the kingdom. If you don't know what to do with it, call me. I will show you. There is so much work to do in this hour. It is amazing. And we are blessed to be a part of it. So millions. We need tens of millions. We need billions for what the Lord is about to do in this country and around the world. And this is not me talking as a church. We are the church, but it's not a building. It's not about, it's, it's about helping people. It's about doing the Lord's work. <clears throat> so if you're confused and you're someone who fits that category, call me. I would love to talk to you about how we can watch God double your money, blow it up, and just bless you. If you're someone who doesn't have enough and wants to be blessed with it, that's a different story. We can help you too. 
but there's ways God's putting in place right now with with Christians that know how to help you get more money with the money you have and do it quickly. Not years, not 30 years, not 20, not 10, not five, not three, not two. Now, right now. So there are ways that God is providing. If you're not part of those ways, you're being left out or you're on the sidelines. You're, you're at the Super Bowl right now, but you're not in the game. You put yourself on the bench because you say, well, I'm too old and I got to watch you know, my money. <laughs> is it your money? What happens when you leave this planet? It's not yours anymore, is it? So let's get a, let's get a handle on what you're doing here. This is the day the Lord's given us. What are you doing with it? Adam was totally dependent on God. If you'd like to become more dependent on the Lord, first of all, go to the website on the screen, armiesforjesus.com. We're not talking about militant armies here. We're talking about militant spiritually, but not physically. And I'm telling you, the spiritual sword is so much more powerful than any weapon on this planet. And that's why God could wipe this planet out in a day spiritually. He could just shoom, and and he, you could call him an alien, and you would say the aliens destroyed us. But God chose to love us, not to destroy us. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do with all that money anyway? What are you going to do? It's so much fun to serve the Lord. Yes, you can have enjoy life and have the cars you want. I'm driving nice cars, but at the same time, I'm looking for opportunities to do God's work. And God wants you to go in style. You're an ambassador. You're going as an ambassador for him. He wants you to look good, smell good, feel good. He don't want you broke, but he wants you to share and learn to give to others that are standing around you, praying that someone will show up who knows Jesus to help. Let's be that person. And we're out of time. I don't know where the time goes. I didn't even get to dig into what I had here today, but the Holy Spirit was on me to give this message. And so that message is out. And if you're someone that needs to get involved, go to armiesforjesus.com, get a hold of us, and we'll be happy to help you to help the Lord. Have a great week and uh, be blessed. God wants you to be just like Adam and be blessed, blessed, blessed. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.